The views and opinions expressed by guests on the TWBC podcast are solely those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views of nor constitute an endorsement by the host, TWBC, or the advertisers. National Championships, Confederation Championships, World Championships, major professional events. For over three decades, he has been there for many of the sport's greatest moments. And now he brings you even closer to the movers and shakers in the world of high echelon tournament water skiing. From the founder and creator of the Water Ski Broadcasting Company comes the TWBC Podcast. And now here's your host, Tony Lightfoot. Well, greetings one and all. My name is Tony Lightfoot and uh, glad to have you on board for the latest edition of the TWBC podcast. And I have a special guest here uh, uh, on the uh, the podcast in set here at Trophy Lakes prior to the uh, Malibu Open. It is none other than Cole McCormick. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. How about you, Tony? Not too bad. Not too bad at all, as a matter of fact. So uh, Malibu Open starts uh, starts tomorrow as we're recording this. Uh, you've had some pretty good finishes so far uh, in some major slalom in tournaments. Uh, how do you reckon your season has gone up to this point? Um, I, I think it's gone pretty well for the most part. I think a couple of tournaments earlier on I could have done a little better, but uh, for the most part I'm pretty happy. I'm you know excited for these next three or four tournaments and really looking forward to putting it out there. Okay, it's uh, it it almost it always seems like yesterday, as a matter of fact, you know that. That that we that we suddenly that you suddenly uh, you know stood up to be to be taken notice of uh, Cole McCormick out there out there on the water like running running butter smooth thirty nine and a half off and uh, getting in, getting into forty one. I mean, kind of give us a little bit of an idea of the series of events that it took to get to the level to where you're at right now. Oh yeah, yeah. I wasn't always the best slalom skier. I when I was a kid, I was more known for a, a trick skier. Um, you know, my dad was great teaching me tricks when I was young. So I shot up and was tricking. You know, mid five thousand points from when I was in boys one, boys two. You know, so I was uh, really good at tricking young and jumping came pretty easy for me too. Um, slalom was never an easy thing for me. I don't know why. Um, uh, I mean, I could run. I think by the time I went to college, I could run, I think my PB was one at 38. Um, but I was kind of, I'd hit that plateau. I'd been stuck there for like a year or so. Um, and then I went to school and started skiing more and skiing with people telling me the same thing in different ways. And that just kind of set off, you know, set it off for me. And I started skiing better and better. And I picked up two passes in two years and then, uh, the third year then I ran you know started you know getting deeper down the line at 41 in practice it was it was kind of incredible how fast I picked it up okay you alluded upon your uh, your collegiate skiing uh, escapades a little bit uh, you skied for the moccasins of Florida Southern College is that correct yeah I did okay so what was that experience like? Uh, because for a lot of people that are uh, that are listening to this podcast, I mean, there are a few that will that will actually certainly gel with their collegiate water skiing experiences because they've done it themselves. But those that are listening to this from outside the country or are fairly new to the sport, kind of give us a little bit of an idea of the dynamic that is collegiate skiing, at least from your perspective. 
Um, collegiate skiing was a lot of fun for me. I honestly didn't even know it, it existed until uh, Roger Scalco recruited me my my senior year in school. I was just I was at a tournament my spring semester, and he's like, "Have you you know decided where you're going to go to college yet?" And I'm like. No, I was kind of thinking about Liberty because they said they have a you know a lake and a boat on campus and maybe I can ski there. And he's like, "Well, we have a ski team." I'm like, "You have a ski team? What?" <laughs> I had no what? idea collegiate skiing was a thing, and so I just uh, you know I I jumped on the offer and uh, that's kind of how I became a moccasin. And it, it seriously is like the most fun four years of my life. Like you know going to tournaments with all your friends and. I, you know, it, it kind of like you have a whole team to back you up. So if you, you know, you have an off day, your friends are probably going to have a good day. And so if you ski bad, you don't, I, I feel like you don't feel quite as bad because you have your friends to lift you up. It's just, it's super fun. What's the expression? A bad day at the lake sure beats a good day at work, I guess. That's absolutely right, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> okay, work-wise, tell us a little bit about what you do work-wise because uh, being out there in the water doesn't pay the bills, does it? It does not, unfortunately. Um, I'm a software engineer. I work for IGT. They make scratch-off tickets for the lottery uh, kind of all over the world. Um, we do stuff for Slovakia, for Texas, for Indiana, for um, Thailand, for France, kind of everywhere. Um, but I write the algorithms for um, the scratch-off tickets. Is there anything you can tell me about those scratch-offs that, that it, where, where, I can, where I can win a few bucks? Uh, I, I will tell you, just don't play them. <laughs> they're, they're kind of rigged, rigged just to keep you on, on the string and keep you playing, but the odds of you making money are pretty low. So, so do you, you, you don't have any ethical qualms about that, I guess? Uh, no, I, I'm not really supposed to, I, I can't really, because of my contract, I can't really tell you, you know, how to win or anything like that, but I just wouldn't play them. It's not worth it. <laughs> okay. That's some good advice for all of you boys and girls out there. Don't try them. All right then. So, uh, let's go back a little bit to, to your, to your skiing a little bit. I mean, you, I mean, you've had some pretty extraordinary runs. I mean, last year's a Swiss pro starting made it through to the finals, almost got, almost got tangled up in the rope as far as far as as far as i can remember now being as being as hardcore as your slalom and everyone else's slalom in do you do you, are you mindful of of the risks and or that you take every time you hit the water whenever you whenever you, you come into a pass like 41 off i'm definitely mindful of the risks uh when i come into the pass but i i have a pretty competitive mindset like it's it's very very hard for me to turn off uh you know going for the next buoy keeping going you know you can i can still make this i can still run it like even even in practice i probably take some hits and some crashes that i shouldn't even be thinking about taking just because it's hard for me to turn that side off um, I actually took a crash last week and I got a little bit of whiplash, but it's wow. we're, we're, we're okay now. <laughs> All right. Tell us a little bit about, about your ski because, I mean, the LaPointe brand is a relatively, relatively new brand to the market. Uh, the designer of the LaPointe brand, I mean, I don't think we can describe him as new and onto the scene because he's been designing skis uh, since, since, uh, since God was a baby. You know, but but I mean, tell us a little bit about the Lapointe brand and how the man himself <laughs> is helping to influence your skiing uh, through his design. Yeah, so uh, back in 2019, I was uh, you know after the worlds in Malaysia, I was struggling with my skiing a little bit, and Chris said, "Hey, 
I'm going to make a ski and it's going to be ready in November. I want you to try it. And I was, you know, I was super excited because I, you know, I, I went to scale out with Chris quite a bit um, for the past, you know, two years prior to that. And he had really, you know, helped me like learn how to tune my ski up a little bit here and there. And I, I had a better feel for what was going on in that department. Um, but I, you know, I tried his ski and it was a, like, I've run 39 on every ski. He's made me soft, stiff, you know, like ugly looking whatever like it's it's just a really good ski he kind of decided to build the ultimate zero off ski you know it's it's quite wide under the front foot and then has a big sweet spot on it and then it's got a bunch of rocker in the back so what happens is you know a lot of times when we're at our short line lengths we tend to get in deep at the buoys and that that's you know with zero off that's not ideal because when you get in deep you spike the boat and the boat starts beating you up so what he, he what he's done with this ski, it kind of disperses the load out. So when you get in deep, you don't really get in deep. It just shoots you out of the turn and keeps you moving through the turn. Um, so you're, you're able to get away with a lot more stuff that you never used to be able to because of the extra width of the ski. Yeah, that's interesting so far as that is concerned uh, because, I mean, like Chris Point has toyed with, en- with enough design uh enough designs on Islanski. in fact he's been known to actually take a bandsaw and actually slice down the middle of the slant of one ski and then do the same with another and glue them together to make an asymmetrical slanski. as a matter of fact back in his Lapointe O'Brien days there was something called an asymmetrical slalom ski which I'm sure that he had a great influence of I mean ha- have you ever tried anything like that in amongst your uh, testing? Um, I've never tried an asymmetrical one like that, but I have. I, for a good part of this year, I was riding a, a Frankenstein, so to speak. That he, you know, he made that it, it, you know, it was one of the first, you know, ones out of the mold. So it, it looked really, really ugly, and he had a bunch of carbon patches on it to make it stiffer. And um, you know, but it, it's one of the better skis he's made me, honestly. Which is, it's crazy. That's you know, something that doesn't look so pretty can ski so amazing. But whenever you can fine tune it like that you know you get a ski out of the mold and then you can you can fine tune the stiffness right afterwards or fine tune the width or change you know change this one side or the other it makes testing a ski out much easier in that sense excellent so uh, obviously you expanded upon the whole ugliness so far as design is concerned let's go towards beauty and beautiful slam style which we saw a lot of courtesy of your mum yeah. Uh, Susie, Susie McCormick from way back in the day, you know, when, when she was, you know, working working away through tour titles and all that kind of stuff, you know. So, how much of an influence do, has she had or continue to have upon your slam skiing going forward? Um, she, you know, she always taught me from a young. I think this is probably where I got, you know, my competitiveness from. But she would always yell at me anytime I gave up on a pass. She's like, "What are you doing? You know, you could have run that." And um, she really, you know, taught taught me to never count myself out and be aggressive and be confident and, um, you know, go out go out there like you know you're you're going to win the tournament because that's what you have to do when you want to win tournaments slalom skiing so i i think that's probably the biggest thing i've i've learned from my mom and even lucky too lucky you know lucky and my mom's my lucky taught my mom a lot of stuff back way back when and 
So uh, I, I saw a lot of that know, because yeah. I was actually at Lucky Ski School at the time, <laughs> you know, riding in the boat and what and, and what have you, you know. So it's more about a more positive and a more aggressive mindset that she instilled upon you rather than the more technical side of skiing. Uh, well, she, I mean, she's taught me a lot of technique stuff too, obviously. Like I, I feel like I have a very, you know, stacked position behind the boat compared to a lot, a lot of people. And I think that's a lot because of how my mom told me how to, you know, ride the ski behind the boat. She, you know, told me very early on that, you know, you got to be strong behind the boat and you can't let the boat beat you. And, um, so I think I, I got a lot of that from her, um, and she you know like if you if you remember watching she was never ever one to give up oh no yeah like wade Wade cox told me she'd always he'd always uh watch watch her before he went out and skied that term and and he knew whether it was hard or easy out there based on how my mom skied you know yeah that's that (laughs) yes interesting and very very true as a matter of fact i saw a number of pro tour stops you know where a lot of the guys were actually seeing the likes of uh, dina mapple and uh, camille duval and 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 susie uh, susie mccormick uh, go out there on the water and they obviously and they paid a lot more attention to what susie was doing out in the water rather than the elegance that that camille and dina well or a lesser extent, Dina, I guess, but I mean, but you know what, what, where I was going with that? Yeah, well, my mom was always the person. You know, she had a she had a very very good technique. But if she ever got a, you know, got she was probably the best scrapper you'll ever see in your life when it comes to slaloming. Like she, you know, would get down course, and then she would just bear down and keep going, and she could always hang on to everything. Steve Bush, the coach of Team Canada, told me that she had has the record for the highest uh, grip strength on Team Canada ever actually she still does wow uh, it's probably from taking all the hits and stuff that she used to no do clinchers either no clinchers yeah that's that's all all forearm power baby <laughs> all right then you mentioned steve bush and that was that was going to roll into my next question i think i think we actually you're actually reading my mind you're going to be representing team canada i believe or are you going to be skiing as an individual at the world um, I'm not actually on Team Canada. I believe Team Canada this year is uh, Ryan, Whitney, Dorian, Paige, Neely, and Taryn, I think, are the six representatives this Solid year. Solid team. Um, yeah, because, you know, you want to take they, – they can only take one single eventer and put them on the team, I believe, because normally – because you have to have, you know, a, bun- a certain amount of scores from each event. Uh-huh. Um, and so Ryan, since he's, like, the top – top echelon he gets he gets the individual spot but um yeah i'm i'm gonna be representing canada as an individual all right then so uh well we've covered quite a lot of ground in the last uh, 15 minutes i certainly certainly thank you for being a participant in this uh, podcast now is there any parting words that you'd like uh, like to tell your uh, your fans friends family whoever's influenced you uh, and uh, gotten you to where you are today uh, yeah, I just I want to thank everyone for their support. Um, you know, Curtis Rabe, when I was at school, he was a big help to me and my parents. And obviously, Chris Lapointe has been uh, instrumental in my slalom ski in the past couple of years. And I, I can't thank him enough. Uh, everyone should go try his ski. All right, then. <laughs> then that was Cole McCormick. I'm Tony Lightfoot. This has been the latest episode of the TWBC podcast. And until next time, it is ciao for now. Thank you for listening to the TWBC podcast. Be sure to check out our website at waterskibroadcasting.com. 
Links to our presence on major social media platforms can be found there, as well as updates to our webcast and this podcast. Duplication or rebroadcasting of this broadcast without written consent of TWBC is prohibited. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to join us next time for the next edition of the TWBC Podcasts.